continue in worship uh, this morning. Um, we go back into this song just for a little bit. Um, we don't have any words on the screen for this one, but just sit and enjoy it and worship. Um, it's something the Lord has just blessed us with, so we've just been enjoying it. Um, yeah, worship is a response to God. He's done so much for us, and 
just encountered us and he loved us, this is our, our response back to him for who he is. Not even for what he's done, but just for how amazing of a God and how much and how beautiful he really is. So we just sit here and we take this time. Um, we're not even here to entertain you. We're just here to, to glorify the Lord. So as we do this, just really center your, your heart on him. I know a full week of life can get busy and you come in and it's quiet so you can finally think about other things in the world, but just think about him. Just draw him close to you because he's already here. So just that, bring him to the forefront of your mind, that, that thing we always say. It's, just, it's really special in this time when you can just think about him and just enjoy time with him because it's set aside for him. So uh, we'll pray and we'll just get back into worship. time that you're just going to speak things over us and just give us just a fresh perspective on, on who you are and who that makes us because of that. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just purify our mind in this time. Just calm our mind as we as we worship you and as we just sing out to you and just praise your name. This is a holy time set apart for you. And we just thank you, Jesus, for, for what you gave for us on the cross. That it wasn't take any posture you'd like as we worship this morning.
Ja. <laughs> so yeah, welcome to Jesus Church. Um, this is this is the problem: is when you start to do this, you breed social people, and then you can't get Michelle to come back and sit down after you tell everybody to greet people. Oh, you need coffee? Yeah. Um, so yeah, welcome. Uh, before I get into it, Gainey, you want to throw that graphic up real quick? We got the the one with the forks and the knives. There we go. So we're going to have a, a little spaghetti dinner on January the 28th, I think is when it is. Yeah, at 6 p.m. Um, so as you guys know, we're going to, or I don't know if you guys know, I guess I'm about to let you know. But as you know, we've been doing Becoming, our discipleship school. Um, so some people from Becoming are going to South Africa on uh, whatever, 10, 11, 12-day mission trip. So um yeah, just a, a fundraiser for the mission trip. All the proceeds will go towards people's, you know, tickets and everything. So if you want to be a part of that, um, just talk to Robin in the cafe. I didn't, I, I know I didn't, I didn't give you the lowdown on this. So they'll pay, you pay Robin. Robin, you, you'll take care of it and you'll write their names down. I'm letting you know right now in this moment. I just came up with the idea, I promise. But it's super simple. I mean, look. Let's be real. No one's going to show up to the spaghetti dinner and pretend like they bought a ticket. Like, if that's you, then you can just eat. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, vet you at the door and see if you have a ticket. Just, like, if you want to if you wanna eat spaghetti and lie about it, that's fine. Then, like, that's on your own con- The Lord will deal with you. That's your own conscience. You know what I mean? I wouldn't, like, I'm not a spaghetti guy anyways. Like, if you paid me $5 to go, it, I would have to think about it, to be honest with you. I'm not a big spaghetti guy. But I know I'm not the pitch, but like Judy said, she's got good baked spaghetti. I could do baked spaghetti. I'm just, I've never been a good big spaghetti. Ask Taya. Like she'll make spaghetti and I'll eat it. I'll eat, I'll eat it, but like my whole life. There's been a thing in my life though. I don't know if you guys are like this. Is I've never, until I met Taya, till I met Taya and she dished out my own food, I've never, ever, ever got the right size of spaghetti on my plate. Ever. I've never got it to where it's like completely done. I ate it and I felt full. It was always way too much spaghetti. Is anyone like that? Like, you can never, I can't judge the noodles. In my mind, the noodles look like there's not even close to enough. And then I put more, and then I'm like, I literally eat only like this much of it. And I'm like, what the heck? So like, Teo will literally make my food, especially with, ask Jared. Jared's like, he used to condemn me at like Olive Garden. He's like, you've never, ever ate your full plate of spaghetti ever in your life. So like, now, Taya would come, and immediately what I think is, that's, that's not enough. Like, I'm going to be hungry when I get done with this. And that's okay. I can go get more. I know that. But, like, I want to make it off the, right off the bat. I don't want to have to get up and get another, another helping, you know. But, I mean, without fail, it'll be, I think about it, and I'm, I have to tell myself, like, it's the devil. I'm like, re- I rebuke you, devil. I know this is going to be enough. And I eat it, and then that last bite, I'm like, full. I don't want any more. And I'm like, like, Taya has a gifting for it. Is that not true? Yeah, even last night, she made ravioli and anything with pasta. I was like, raviolis are squares. And I still thought it wasn't enough. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be enough. And that last one, that last little corner of that square was perfect. Like, so that's my problem with spaghetti. Is it the same? You don't? Yeah, the perfect amount of spaghetti, yeah. Spaghetti is, is, is like, it's demonic. It's... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's deceptive. It never, it never tells the truth. Spaghetti never tells the truth. It's of the evil one. I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, but it's going to be super awesome. It's going to be super awesome. <laughs> if you don't want to come, just, just pay for your ticket and don't show up. Yeah, you should eat before you come, maybe. <laughs> just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm kidding. All right, everybody knows I'm joking. Tyler said it. You know what I mean? Okay, let's, let's, so that's my announcements, okay? I don't think I have any other announcements. Those are it. Yeah, I blew it. Sorry. I should have I had you do it, Judy. Yeah, but now you guys are all going to think about it and know, and then you'll be like, man, I should go get some spaghetti. Like, you guys, someone's probably thinking I'm going to make it when I get home, Right? Is that, is that you, Robin? You're thinking, I'm going to make spaghetti when I get home. Oh, Dan likes spaghetti. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, there we, so there we are. The 28th, be there or be square. Oh, yeah. See, garlic, that's exactly. If there's garlic bread, I'll eat, I'll eat a ton of garlic bread. I'll just have sauce and garlic bread, and I'll, and I'll be happy. So as long as you pull the garlic bread out at a decent time and it's not, it's not burnt, because that's what happens. Most of the time you burn it. Whenever you think it's, if it says eight to 10, you pull it out in six every time. So that's just my own personal opinion. Are you a crispy? Okay, let's get back here. All right, we don't have a lot of time. Um, so you guys got that? Does everybody understand what the, what the, what the goal is to, to the spaghetti dinner? There's nothing demonic about it. Jesus will be there. He'll be lifted high. Um, we're just going to redeem spaghetti in this moment. You know what I mean? We're going to bring it back from, from where it, the curse, that's part of the fall. Um, but we're going to redeem it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so what I wanted to talk about um, before I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Uh, I, I mentioned to you guys last week, so we're going to transition in Jesus Church um, to a place of local local eldership, and I want to just kind of run down just the, the, the government of, of Jesus Church. As of now, we have, I mean, we have a board, all that. Um, Shane, who's from South Africa, who we're going to go spend time with um, in April, and then my friend Andreas is from Norway, and he's on the board also, and um, Jared and Michelle as of now. Um, so they've been, you know, a, a, a church board They've, they're my oversight. They're the ones that we make decisions together, finances, all that stuff, right? Um, so what I wanted to talk about is we're going to transition into more of a, of a local eldership. So this is the way that I believe, and people can disagree with me, and that's fine, but this is what I, from what I gather in Scripture, I believe this is how a local church should be run, is a local church should be run by elders and, and shepherds in the local church, right? So when, when Paul would come into Ephesus or whatever, he would leave and say, raise up local elders, raise up, and he would appoint local elders, and then he would, step, he would step out, right? So he has these guys, elders, which we call them board members, whatever, however you want to call it. I believe board members and elders should be the same thing. Um, some people, and I've, I've had, some people do it this way, and that's perfectly fine if that's what, if that's what you want to do, is they have the board outside of the church where they're like, like um, Andreas and, and, and um, Shane are to where they're, they're making the decisions, but then they have an elder board that helps them shepherd and, and, and pastors. I believe they should be one and the same because I want, I want the people that are making the decisions um, about finances, about anything. Like, I want them to be the people that are running with me. Does that make sense? Like, I, want, I don't want to have to be like, hey, Andreas and, and Shane, this is what's going on. You know, we need a new drum set. We don't need a new drum set, but 
let's say we need a new drum set. I don't need to go tell them. I need the people that are in here being like, yeah, we do need it. Like the guys that are in here they, with Simon, they understand everything that's going on. We're making the decisions because they're running with me. Does that make sense? Um, so I believe personally that a board should be set up of people that are doing ministry with you. Um, so with that being said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to elect local elders. And I'm about to read a qualifications for an elder, an overseer, or a shepherd. Um, and then Shane and Andreas will, will become an oversight. I don't even know what you want to call them. I call them like apostolic oversight. So if there's ever an issue with me, my board could go to them and they would come in and remove me. Does that make sense? So it protects you guys. So like if I start preaching some crazy garbage, like, like and Tyler or whoever's on my board doesn't know what to do, like they can go to Shane and Andreas and when Andreas and Shane step in, they have final authority to take care of the situation, right? So that they can come in and oversight and, and make decisions like that. So it's for, it just protects you from me because most of the time, I just think that that's, that's set up well. Does that make sense? So they're going to be, and, and every, like, with the, this, this decision, I've already been praying about it for months and talking to them about it. So, like, every, a lot of my decisions, I mean, I messaged Shane and Andreas, them guys, like, weekly, talking about decisions being made. Um, but I just think it's good, and I want to have them guys come if they can ever come and, and share and just preach so you guys can kind of get to know them a little bit more. Um, but obviously, it's been difficult with everything going on in the world for travel, but uh, so yeah, so look at First Timothy, and this is what I want you guys to do, and I told you to be praying about it, um, qualifications in First Timothy chapter 3, when Paul talks about it in, in Acts chapter, I think it's 29, he says that he left Ephesus, which was a church that he, that he was started and planted, and, and, and ultimately Timothy became the pastor of Ephesus, but he left them with local shepherds and elders, so these elders or overseers, or some of your Bibles say bishops, is all the same thing. It's a shepherd. It's somebody that shepherds the flock of God, okay? So look at the qualifications in verse 1. It says, this is a faithful saying, if a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. I think bishop is just a, such a funny word to me. Like, you know, that's why Shane always like, how's it going, bishop? <laughs> I'm just like, don't call me that. Um. But it's a bishop. Some of you, some of you guys' Bibles probably say overseer, right? Elder or, or shepherd. Does anyone say shepherd? I don't know if there's a version that says shepherd. But I'm going to show you. Um, if any man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. All right? A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. Okay, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, least being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same snare or the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So these are the qualifications for an elder or an overseer. But one thing I want to share, or one thing I want you guys to see is like, these are good things to just pursue in your life as a mature believer in, in Christ, right? 
So it's not just like, oh, well, the pastor has to be like this or whatever. It's like these are things as a mature believer you are, you are to pursue as a mature believer. Does that make sense? Because he talks about right down here as, as deacons. A deacon is somebody that serves in the church, somebody that has authority to serve and whatever. And the only difference between the two is they, the deacon doesn't, isn't able to teach. If you read that, if you read all that, is a deacon doesn't teach because a shepherd and a pastor does. Does that make sense? So I had you guys, is there any questions on that? This is because this is a pursuit of all, of all believers to be in this, to look like Christ. This is, these are Christ-like attributes or godly attributes. Um, is there any questions on that really quickly? So here's the thing. This is what I wanted you guys to do is pray about this. And if you have a question, just raise your hand and I'll answer it. As I wanted you guys to pray about this is um, I'm ultimately going to elect the, the elders, okay? But I want you guys to tell me, and that's why I have note cards in the front of your um, pew right now, is I want you guys to, to take one and I want you to write down two names of somebody that you see and trust as an elder, as an overseer that you would trust. So this is what, I'm, this is what I want us to see is, an elder or an overseer is somebody that you can trust to come to that will help you, that will teach you, that will, that will encourage you, that will show you scriptures, that will shepherd you, that will take care of you, that you could trust with, with your heart to be shepherded and guided, right? So somebody that you seek counsel to, somebody that you feel like, besides me and Taya, okay? Does that make sense? So somebody that you come to and you say, okay, well, like, if I have an issue that I need, I need them to point me to Jesus, I'm going to come to this person and trust them to shepherd and, and oversee my soul, right? So there's some, the, the, the elder board is going to be somebody, don't write your name on the note card also, I don't need to know who it is. Does that make sense? I see some of you writing already. So um, just write two names. This is not you electing elders, this is you letting me know who shepherds you well, so that I can, I can see that. I already have people in my heart that, I, that, I'm, that I've been praying about for months, does that make sense? So I just want you to, I want you to help me and to, to, to share with me because I don't talk to, I mean, I talk to everybody, but I don't necessarily ask you that question. Who do you see? Who do you see that's trustworthy? Who do you see that shepherds you well? Um, so yeah, so, so look at this qualifications and then just like, if you, if you need time to pray about it, um, you don't have time. Yeah, you, oh yeah, you had a week. I talked about it last week. And if you weren't here because of the snow, then you're on the spot now, y'all. You're on the spot. Um, so is there any questions on that? So when you guys do this, I'm just going to be able to see, okay, these are the people that, and if you don't, if you don't go here, that's fine. Like, you don't, you don't know anybody, so that's fine. You don't have to do it. But these are people that call Jesus Church their home, okay? Um, so you are just giving me an understanding and an idea of, of the people that you guys really trust and that you would see as a shepherd, as an overseer. Does that make sense? Um, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, I'm going to make the decision. This is, not, this is not you electing elders. This is you helping me to see people that you trust. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. No, the whole board will be done. So Jared and Michelle can go into the pot as a name if you want. So their, their names are going back in the hat. <laughs> no. Um, when I set them up, neither of them were, at, were here. So when we started, they weren't here. Uh, maybe you were here. Were you here? You were in Colorado, right, when I asked you? Yeah. So I didn't know if he was going to come back or what he was going to do. So they were not supposed to be here. Jared wasn't. 
Michelle was here probably when I asked you, regardless. Um, is there any other questions on that? Does that make sense? So when, when there are decisions that, that need to be made, ministry decisions, church decision, I want people that are shepherds that love God and that are ministers making the decisions, right? I want people that are called by God to lead and to shepherd and to help me, help me grow people and disciple people. So these are people that you believe that, okay, these are disciple makers that if I want to grow in Jesus, look more like him and be disciple, I'm going to go to this person and talk to him. Does that make sense? So... I don't want just businessmen that have good IQs and, and business and money. I want people that, that are sold out for Jesus and, and doing the work of the ministry. That's my own personal opinion. And that's what I see in scripture. And I mean, that's what I see in scripture. So I don't know whose opinion it is, but it, it's just what I see and what I believe. Um, is there any other questions on that before I get into? Oh, see that there's a little basket. Yeah, right there. Taya, just give them to Taya sitting there in the back. Now there's a basket right there in the back. I just want you to drop them in there. Okay. Um, does it, is that good? Do you have anything you would like to say? You're looking at me like you, are you good? Okay. Does, does that make perfect sense though? Does everyone understand kind of how Jesus church is set up and how it's run, right? It's not just me winging it. Does that make sense? Because I know you guys see me a lot and you don't see Shane in them, guys. That's why I, I want. Okay, so here's another thing is so now because of the local, the local people that are, are doing the stuff with me. Now, if there's an issue, it can be handled with us. So instead of me saying, all right, Shane, this is what's going on with this person. They need help with this and this. And I'm trying to explain the whole situation. Now we have a board that's, that you guys trust to be shepherded and, 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 and led, okay? Um, like a confidential board, a board that like things aren't going to be talked about in, in, in everyone's area, right? So if Adria says, hey, I, I have a concern about Stacy, right? Like I have a concern about her. Yeah. <laughs> Year two? Okay. This is a come to Jesus meeting then. <laughs> but no, so you say I have a concern about Stacy, like she'll just come to me and I'll say, thank, like, I'll be like, thank you so much. I ask that you don't share that with anybody or anything, but I will discuss it with our shepherds, our overseers, and we'll talk about it and we'll figure out the best way to how to minister it and how to take care of the situation. Does that make sense? So it's not just like, that's awesome. Well, you go talk to other people and let them know also. It's like, no, these are the people that are trustworthy to shepherd in the situation that you can be, understand that there's confidentiality, but it will be discussed between the elders and the, the people that are trusted to oversee your soul. Does that make sense? Is that, does that set, set you guys at ease to understand? Yes. I'll probably, I don't know, we'll see. I just want you to write down two. Only two, Judy. Well, I don't care. Don't write three or I'm not going to listen to the third one. I'm only going to take the top two. No. There, we'll... I don't know. There's, it depends on how big you get is what I believe. I mean, there can be a place where you only really need two or three, and then there could be a place where you're at a place where you need four or five, six, you know? Um, and then there comes a place where you get too big, and then you got to split and plant another church and go out and preach the gospel and stop being a little bless me club, right? <laughs> My goal what I believe in Jesus Church is like, if you have a heart for, for the Great Commission and you have a heart to reach people, then you'll never get too big because you'll always have people that are trying to reach more people. And I know Lansing is a big city, but it's like, I believe like, if we have a heart to, to, to reach nations, to reach cities, to reach people, then we'll always have people that are, have an outward vision 
and they'll never, it'll never get to where, it'll never get too, too big where people are just complacent where they're at. Does that make sense? That we'll always have a vision to how do we reach and go and do more things. And that's what, that's my heart is just to be, um, I mean, how many of you guys get blessed because of the community here? Right? Taya? <laughs> right? So the, 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 and I believe there's so many, and I've noticed it, and I've seen it a lot, is there, the, it's the biggest need in the body of Christ and then in the world is local healthy churches, healthy communities in, in cities and nations and, and, and areas where people, they don't have fellowship. I see people that are super amazing, love Jesus, but don't have a, a, a healthy place to plug in and become and grow and to be encouraged and to be stretched, right, and to be challenged in their faith. So then they, they struggle because you're always supposed to be in a community, right? That's why Paul talks about it in or the writer of Hebrews. I believe it's Paul. But that's why he talks about it saying that you do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together in order to stir up love and good work. So if you're not being stirred up, you're going to become stagnant, right? And that's the goal of the church. That's why we don't just come here to try to bless you, to try to get what we can get from church. We're trying to come here so that we can stir up and encourage one another, right? We say it all the time. It, it, we do not, we're not here just to, to try to get everybody to come to get everybody to be blessed. Like, you're going to get blessed, but we want you to come to be stretched and grown. And, and that's why, that's why it's, it's, there's always growing pains and there's always challenging things. And there's always things that might, you might disagree with and things that you might have to repent of and things that you might have to change your mind on. Because in that growing there's always going to be things that have to be pruned, right? Does that make sense? So that's why church is so important. That's why church is, is I believe, the answer for people, right? It's not, I'm all for giant stadiums and crusades, but if we don't have local churches that can help and walk with people and shepherd people and disciple people and people can be a part of the community, then, like, we can go to as many conferences as we want. I just don't see that that's going to be fruitful in the long run. So I know that that went over really well. Is there any other questions on that before we move on? Um, so drop your note cards in the basket. Don't leave with them in your Bible. Okay? Don't, don't put them in there. Don't put them in your back pocket. And then have to have your wife wash them. Because your, your, your vote won't get counted. Not your vote. Your suggestion won't get counted, okay? Um, <clears throat> so what I want to share on, uh, go to Ephesians chapter, is there any other questions before we move on? Okay, Ephesians chapter 2. What have we been talking about the last couple weeks in this sermon series that we're in? Grace, on hill? From the behind, from the, oh my gosh, dude. How long is the commitment for people that, that I elect till death do us part? Yeah, till you die or till you get, no, it's, it's I mean, like, till death, pretty much. People are in, they're in, or they're out, they're out. Like, it's like the mob, the mafia. Once you're in, like, there is no getting out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you're in. No, let's say, let's say somebody comes and they feel like they're called and we send them off. We'll send them off or whatever. 
let's say Tyler wants to start a puppy rescue mission and he's on the board, like, and feels like he's supposed to move to Houston and start a puppy rescue mission. Like, if that's what he feels from the Lord, we'll send him. You know what I mean? Even though he doesn't like dogs, like, we'll go. So, <clears throat> but no, it's, it's, I, there's no time, time limit. So, um, yeah, does that make sense? Is that a good answer for you? Okay. Any other questions before we move on? All right, we're in Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, we've been talking about grace. What else have we been talking about? Yes. Mercy, mercy grace and mercy, the difference. What's the difference between grace and mercy? You can't raise your hand and not have the answer. That's really good. Yeah, exactly. Mercy, mercy, God. So you deserve eternal separation and, and se separation from God right now. But mercy forgave you and brought you near by the blood of Jesus, right? Mercy brought you near. Mercy forgave you of everything that you've ever done. Now grace empowers you to live the life that you're called to live, right? Mercy gives us the place before God. Grace is the one that changes us to look like God. So, so we have to understand that as believers, and we have to always enjoy the mercy of God, right? That's why his mercies endure forever. His mercies are new in the morning because we can wake up knowing that we're right with God and knowing that grace is on our, on our account. Grace is for us now to be transformed into that image. But you wake up being right with God, right? That's why righteousness, it's the gift of righteousness like Romans chapter five says, and the abundance of grace. It's a gift of righteousness. So every morning you've been given righteousness without works, without your good deeds, without you striving. Because you believed in Jesus, you've been given righteousness. And now grace is there on your behalf to walk it out. Does that make sense? We have to understand that because what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll mess up both of them. Is we'll try to strive to change ourselves and we'll try to strive to become right with God. We have to start. That's why I always say, if you don't start where Jesus finished, then you won't run well. You won't run this race well if you don't start where he finished, because he said it's finished, right? He said it's done, rose from the grave so that you could be justified in the sight of God, just as if you've never sinned. So you wake up every day, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've, you wake up just as if you've never sinned. And now the transformation is coming because of grace. The washing, the, re, the, the renewing of our minds is what is, is, is grace's, um, grace's ability, God's ability on our behalf to make, him, to make us like him. Um, yeah. So are you saying that mercy forgave us, but grace empowers us to be forgiving now to others? Yeah, exactly. That's a super good point, right? Like, and I said this to somebody the other, the other day or in my life, within the last couple, 25 years. Um, 26 almost. Um, God doesn't just forgive us so that we can be forgiven. Right? God doesn't just love you so that you can be loved. He loves you so that you can become loved. He loves you, he forgives you so that you can become forgiveness. Right? It doesn't take anything for us to just because God has already forgiven you. You're, you're already forgiven whether you believe that or not. It takes another thing for you to receive that forgiveness and let it become your reality so much that we're, now you're a forgiving person. Does that make sense? It's one thing for you to just be loved. Like God loves you. You are loved right now. Regardless of what you believe or what you think, God loves you more than anything in this, 
that you could ever dream of. He loves you. But it's another thing for you to receive that love and let that love become your reality to where now you love people really well. Right? So our goal is not just, okay, yeah, I believe the love of God, but no, I want to know and become that same love for people. And that's what grace does is because you cannot forgive and become love like Jesus wants you to without his grace. Right? Jesus says, he doesn't just say, you love those who love you. Awesome. Sinners do that. He says, why don't you love your, your enemies? Why don't you love those who persecute you? And you're like, I can't do that. But you're already loved, right? So you have to receive that same love to let it become such a reality in your life that now you walk out what it looks like to love people. And now you look at people, even the ones that treat you wrong, and you say, man, I've been so loved and I've received so much love that I can't help but love you, right? The Lord spoke something to me the other day, um, and I knew what he meant by it, and I'm, I'll have to explain it to you because does the Lord ever speak to you and you just you know what he's talking about, but then it's hard for you to kind of explain it? <laughs> Tyler's like, for sure, all the time. <laughs> He's like talking to Cassie. Cassie's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> but it looks like you understand, so praise God. Um, Taya's grandma knit me this, this cardigan. Check this out. Can you ever seen a cardigan knit like this? She knit it, and she, Taya's like, oh, that's a piece of cake. And I'm like, it's a piece of cake, right? Like, I have a hard time doing that little, like, little paper thing where it's just like the numbers and the, the fortune teller. I have a hard time doing that, let alone knitting a whole cardigan. Um, <laughs> so the Lord told me this he's like Dylan I, he's like do you have options in your life and I knew what he meant by that was he, and I was like Lord I don't I don't want that I don't want to live like that I don't want I don't want when I encounter a situation that there be options in my life right and that's what a lot of us live like is when we encounter something now we're going to make the decision of which way we're going to go the Lord's like, I want to take away the options in your life to where you've encountered him that the only option is, is what, you, what he would do, right? There isn't just like, well, am I going to blow up on this person or am I going to act, act in love? That's what a lot of us do is we get in that situation and then we're going to make the decision, right? And that's why, that's, that's why we make wrong decisions sometimes is because we, we wait till that decision needs to be made. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good at the end. I never even thought of this. We make this decision like there, and now there's three ways to go or two ways to go, and now we're trying to make the decision, right? In Christianity, in, in your relationship with Jesus, you need to make sure that decision now, that you said, okay, I'm gonna manifest Jesus. Like my goal is to look like him. So in any situation, I want him and I wanna look like him. And you've become something when nobody else is around that when you get thrown into the situation, there's not an option for you. You just, you do what you've called to do, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. That's exactly right, right? So you're practicing safety drills. Like you're, when there's a tornado, you're running to your locker and you're getting your history book. Biggest book you got, it's a big red book. You're putting it on your head, right? Like you're not grabbing your biology book, you're grabbing the history book. Everybody knows that, right? Do you guys do that or is that just me? Like... Just me? Did you did anyone did you do that? Oh yeah, Jared went. To, anybody that didn't go to my school that didn't know. Um, so, but that's exactly right. Like you know that this is what I'm going to do. So this is what I want us to understand. Okay, Jared. I know he's 
He doesn't give me anything, dude. He just, there's no jokes coming out of him, just straight. Some people are like, Jerry's a little bit more quiet than you. I'm like, he grew up with me, though. So it's just like one person's going to be more quiet, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but no, so think about this, okay? Like, like Lauren said right here, because of what you, right now, you're loved by God, right now. Now it's your, and this is what mercy has given you, love, love by God. You have been forever, unconditionally, whether you like it or not, God loves you. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter where you go, doesn't matter the mistakes that you make, he loves you and he'll never change his mind about you, right now. Right, that's what unconditional love looks like. That's amazing to me. But now, because mercy has given you that, right, it's your job and it's your privilege to be loved by God and let grace make it your reality. So now when there's nobody else around, you're letting grace birth that reality in your heart. You're saying, man, Lord, I know that I'm loved by you, Father. I want to understand that, right? I want to know that. I want to know what it's like to be loved by God, and I want to see others the way that you see them. Not when you get in there and now you're frustrated, and now you're trying to love people, right? So grace makes it your reality before you get there. So now when you walk that out, it's grace that did it, not you. What we're trying to do is we're trying to be Christians by our own good works and our, and our, and our effort, right? So we're thinking, okay, yeah, I understand that and I know that. So now when I get in the situation, I'm going to try to do the best thing. God does not want you to try to do the best thing. He wants you to become something, right? We, and I was trying to find the scripture or think about the scripture, and Jared's back, so maybe I'll figure it out now. Um, when he was gone, I had to Google something because I didn't know the reference. Now he's back is we, not, we don't frustrate the grace of God, right, by our, own, by our works. And it's funny because I was thinking about it as James talks about, and I know we're going to get to the scripture, I promise. I've said a lot of scriptures to this point, though. James talks about humbling yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he can lift you up, right? It says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, it's not that God really resists you. It's that you're putting yourself in opposition to God when you're in pride, right? So you're, God, doesn't, God cannot do what he wants to do in your life when you've put yourself in opposition to him. And pride is just us trying to do it in our own strength and saying this is, what we, this is, how, we, this is how we are and we can do it ourselves, right? Humility says, okay, Lord, I never have ever loved this person or I don't even really want to love this person, but I know you're calling me to it, so I need you to change my life and I need you to set me free right? I need you to change my perspective of this person. I need you to, to let me see them the way that you see them and not see them the way that I've always seen them, right? So you're, what you're doing is because you've been loved and because of the reality of you know that you've been loved and forgiven, you're putting yourself in the position for grace to do a work in your life. And now when grace does that work, you, you are what you are by the grace of God, like Paul talks about. So when people say, man, you're really loving, it's not that you're it's not that you bit your lip and now you're a super Christian. It's that you position yourself in faith to believe that God could change your life. And now you're walking it out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like oh, is it going to be long? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, I feel like people really do like what they for what they know is the best. Like sometimes I'm coming at something like truly thinking I'm 
doing the best I know how to do. And then later, it didn't go so very well. And it's because I was, like, pridefully, like, doing it in my own works. And so how can you, like, see clearly to see that that is about to be what happens? Because, like, it might happen again and again before you finally catch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do I, how do you see it clearly before? Yeah, like how do you know? Like Mm -hmm. how do you know you're in pride? Here's a good way. If you're frustrated. (laughs) Super good. Super good question. If you're frustrated and discouraged, you're not in grace. If you're striving, you're not in grace. Right? If you're, if you're burned out and discouraged in the way that, like, what you're trying to accomplish or what you're trying to change or what you want to see change in your life, and you're burned out and frustrated about it, you're not doing it in grace. No. Right. Right. It's not, like, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, Romans says, Romans 14. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy. So if we're not experiencing righteousness, peace, and joy, then we need to ask ourselves. Like I, <clears throat> this one, the one guy I like to listen to, he he says it all the time. He's like, if what I'm believing or what I'm thinking is not producing life and peace in my heart, then it must not be the Lord. If the what I'm doing is not producing joy and life and and peace, then it can't be Jesus, right? Because He's not going to leave you in that place of of deception. He's not going to leave you in that place of. I mean, just think about this. If it's super hard and then you get the breakthrough, now somebody's like, how did you get the breakthrough? Well, it was super difficult. And they're like, praise God, that does not sound like the simple gospel. Right? I remember asking the guy, I was like, if what you're pursuing in healing happens, how are you going to tell somebody to get the same thing that you just did? I was like, is it going to be years of struggle and striving and fasting and praying? And then, then, then maybe God will look down on them and heal their body? Or is it just by grace? Because I just need to know. Because then I'm, because I, I mean, I, I'm going to have to rewrite my healing, my healing goals then, right? Does that make sense? Because we, what we're, and then what we're doing, we're positioning ourselves outside of grace. So like you said, like the shower analogy, grace is flowing. We're outside trying to get clean and that's why we're frustrated. We can't get clean. So all we have to do is position ourselves under the shower head of grace. And that's why I have to ask myself all the time. I'm like, man, Lord, Am I doing this in my own strength, right? Like if I'm sitting there and I'm frustrated, if I'm meeting with Tyler and I feel like there's just like works and striving, you guys know what I'm talking about? Has anyone ever done that when you're just, you're trying to do something? I know everyone else is cold, but I'm hot. You're trying to do something in your own strength and then you're sitting there like, why do I feel like this is not any joy in this at all when it's supposed to be joy-filled? Then I need to ask myself, what am I doing, Right? I said, I said Ephesians chapter 2. I meant, let's go to Romans chapter 3 since you asked that question. And we will get to Ephesians. I've been trying to get to Ephesians chapter 2 for three weeks. That was my goal at week one was Ephesians chapter 2. And we haven't been there yet. But here we are. We got all day. You know what I mean? I'm just playing. <clears throat> Ephesians, or yeah, <laughs> look at me. Ephesians, go back to Ephesians. No, Ephes- Romans chapter 3. Oh, man. Okay, verse 27. You understand Romans is a, is a letter, right? Romans is a letter 
That looked really weird on that front row, like all spread out. Looked like a, we got raptured. Um, <laughs> clothes was left. <laughs> Man, dude. So the, Romans chapter 3. I don't know why you guys come listen to me. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Man, guys, I'm sorry. Let's jump up a little bit. Holy cow, what are we going to do? Let's just read it all. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who what? Believe. There is no difference. That's why it's faith in God. It's not your works. You're going to get to heaven and you're going to be guilty of one thing, whether you believe or not believe, right? I can get to heaven and stand before Jesus and everything that I experienced in my life, the freedom, the reality, the truth, the love, the joy, the peace, the healing, this deliverance, everything was just because I believed in what he said. Not because I strived for it, not because I worked for it. No one's going to get there and say, man, look at Simon. He's got an amazing cape and he's flying around and he's a super Christian, right? No, it's going to be, that's why he separates them. And he says, believes, did not believe. That's all there is to it, right? So when we get there, you're going to realize all I had to do was believe. And then you see somebody in this life that's walking in something that you want, right? Somebody saw somebody get healed and you want to see that same thing. They believe, that's it. They did not strive for it. They didn't work for it. They didn't fast and pray for a long time. They believed, and that's it. And that's why there is no difference, because it's, okay, Brandon sees that. All I got to do is believe. I don't have to strive. I don't have to spend 20 years fasting and praying in ministry so that now I can eventually step into the anointing or the gifting that Dylan has. No, it's belief in God. That's it. That's why the level, it's a, you ever hear, remember when, um, I think it's John the Baptist, but he says, every valley has been brought high and every mountain has been brought low. Is that John the Baptist that said that? Right? Every valley has been brought, low, brought high and every mountain brought low. That means there's a level playing field. Everybody, there's no difference. Jew or Greek, doesn't matter high or low, wherever you're at, it's faith in God. And it's so sweet because everything that you see, everything that you experience, everything that you, everything that you, that you want is all just comes down to what you believe. It's faith in God. And if I see something that I'm not walking in, this is what's amazing. Is all I got to do is go to him and I'm saying, Lord, I want that in my life and I believe I can have it. And now grace will make it my reality. Does that make sense? I want us, I want us to leave with the, with the understanding and the truth of it's not striving and it's not a bunch of work to get where we need to go. It's just relationship with Jesus. It's just believing that when we come to him, he will change us by grace. Think about this. If I'm a pastor, just think about if I was a pastor. <laughs> and I was in charge of changing people. How do I do it? Apart from grace. Shock therapy, right? Exactly. That's exactly true, though. Apart from the work, and this is because that's the working of Holy Spirit. Is, is He's the spirit of grace. It's the working of Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is working in each and every, if I don't trust the work of grace in Jared's heart, then I'm the one that has to change him. And that's why, I, that's why people preach legalism. 
where there's a lack of an understanding of Holy Spirit, legalism is always present. Where there's an understanding of Holy Spirit and an understanding of grace, legalism can't be present because it's, it's one or the other. It's either your works and your, and your job to change yourself or it's the Holy Spirit's job. There's, there, you can't have both. That's what I'm saying. You're positioning yourself in pride against God and all you have to do is humble yourself and say, I can't change myself, but you can. Now grace can do it, right? That's why when I'm sitting down with somebody, if I sit down with Tyler, if I can push him and get him to see truth and believe it, then it'll change his life. But if I have to change him, then I'm going to be frustrated and striving and eventually burned out and stop and, and then eventually walk away from Jesus or stop doing ministry. Man, this is good preaching. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely, being justified just as if you've never sinned freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation or a atoning, oh man, I'm trying not to be a Christian here, as a substitute by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus, right? So when we put our faith in Jesus, we've been made just as if we've never sinned. So look at this. Where is boasting then? It's excluded, right? You don't have any, you don't have any grounds to boast because you didn't earn it. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is no one. Oh, since there is one God. I'm like... (laughs) You're right. Since there is one God who who will just all right, Lord, help me help me read. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Right? What you're trying to get by effort when you believe in God, when you put your faith in God, you accomplish what the law could not do in that making you perfect. Man, what then shall we say? Verse one of, of chapter four, that Abraham, our father, has found according to the, fle- to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now him, now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. This is why we position ourselves in opposition towards God is because he's, imagine if, okay, let's say, <clears throat> let's say that you just want to be patient with your kids or whatever. You're, you're striving and pursuing it by whatever you're doing. You're praying, you're fasting, you're, you're, you're trying to change yourself. Let's say that you got that. Let's say that you started to become patient. 
it would be by your own effort, and then you would have something to boast about. That's why you've positioned yourself and God resists the proud is because God can't, he cannot make, he can't reward you for being a slave when you're a son, right? And immediately once you change that mindset, he's like, what are you striving for? Then grace automatically is in your, in your favor. Does that make sense? Because some of us just need to repent. We just need to change our mind of what we're doing and what we're striving for. So let's say there's something that I actually want. There's not, there's not an there is a seeking and there is a believing, but it's, it's me positioning myself by faith to believe what he's accomplished and what he can do, right? If I want something, I have faith in his grace. I don't have faith in my ability, which is so sweet because I know, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm starting to see something that I want. All I got to do is continue to just come to you. All I got to do is continue to abide in you, like John 15 says. All I got to do is continue to receive from you, and I'm going to position myself and my heart wants it. And I know that you're going to let it, you're going to walk it out. And then when I, like I was sitting up here during that last song, when I told all you guys to turn your hearts towards the Lord, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you, for, for the person that I am and the person that I used to be. I'm thankful for the man I am now. And I'm thinking like, none of that was because of my effort and my, and my accomplishments. The problem is that sometimes we think it is. And that's why the Christian life is hard. It's because we think we spent a lot of time trying to get here. And we got to spend a lot of time to change ourselves when it's all by grace. And that's what he's saying is it's not by, it's not a debt. God is not paying you a debt for your Christian service. He's paying, he is providing it for you by the grace of God. It's a free gift, right? Righteousness has provided it. Grace is a free gift also on your behalf. Is there any questions on that? I, yeah, I feel like there is something. Or you want to preach? You got something you want to share? I know you're sitting there like you want to preach, Michelle. half a question and half a preaching, but I love the statement, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, meaning that he believed what God said, that he was in covenant, that he was the apple of God's eye. You know, he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And I love what you said about um, anytime that if you start to feel frustrated, that's a sign that you're in pride. Maybe not the overt kind of pride that you necessarily think of, like conceit, but, but putting effort or putting um, uh, confidence in what I can do. And a lot of times there's a subtlety there that, yeah, but I'm doing things God's way, so it's okay if I put in a ton of effort because I'm doing it God's way. But if you're frustrated and if you feel like you're spinning your wheels, then there's a disconnect there and you're in striving. And I, I think... I have noticed for myself that any time that there's a pressure to produce something, mm -hmm. <laughs> then I know that I'm striving and I'm not in grace. If I need to, like your analogy was like, if I'm sitting down with Tyler and, man, I can just see something super clear, but he can't get it. I'm frustrated because I want him to see. Then I'm, I'm putting pressure on myself to produce something only the Holy Spirit can. Mm -hmm. Or in my relationships and my marriage or my kids or finances, whatever it is. But this is... Um, this is like my question part. I, so this last year, I uh, went through a lot of things with my mom. And it was like outside of my level of experience in my whole life. I didn't know. And it felt super frustrating all the time because you were trying to make something 
happened that wasn't logical. That's mm. all I know how to say. And like you're applying all these different things. And I remember over and over again, like I'd get so frustrated and exhausted. And then I'd try to release it to God and I'd try to go through all these steps and do these right things. And it seemed like no matter what I did, I felt like I was more of a failure, to be mm -hmm. honest. You know what I mean? Like she, I moved her four times within a two month period. And it was just like, I just, you know, you just feel yeah. like Lord. And I never thought of that as being pride, but during that period of time, there were several people, and you're all sitting here today, who would come up to me with a word from the Lord. And it would be something like, I just, I heard the Lord say that he's so pleased with you, um, that he just loves you so much, that he, um, all those kinds of things. And in my head, though, like, like I felt like I was either frustrated, angry, or tired all the time. Mm -hmm. Not the kind of person where you're just flowing out onto everybody. One time, Adria called me or texted me. And she's like, hey, you didn't see me, but I passed you on the road. And she said, I just had this overwhelming sense that the Father loves you and is so proud of you. And, um, like, I'm... She told me, like, you were on Wood Road, I was on Wood Road, or whatever it was. And I just remember, like, I know that I had come from seeing my mom. I was on my way to get the kids. I was already late. <laughs> I was already frustrated with whatever had happened that whole two-hour period I'd been with my mom. I was already feeling, like, super low. And I was like, how could she see that? Like, she must have looked at my face and saw it look all ornery and pinched, <laughs> you know? Like, But she saw that from the father, and she reached out and told me, well... In that moment, I heard the Holy Spirit like this say, you can either choose to believe that these people that are telling you are telling you the truth. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Or you can choose not to believe it. <laughs> either way, it's still the truth. And, like, I think that, and I'll love to hear what you're going to say about this. I think that's how you step into the shower. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how you step into the shower and let that kind of stuff, because I was like, okay, okay, okay. I have to open up my hands. I have to release this whole thing out. I have to decide that it's not about what I can produce or what I can't produce, that God loves me, and mm -hmm. and relax. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I'm learning. I got a ton to learn on that, but I appreciate everybody here who has sown into my life in that way. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. these things are all starting to kind of come together, and I would love to hear what you have to say about that. Mm -hmm. We hand that to Dina. No. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, how about I do... Here's just a practical... Um, well, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, and then finally... And then we'll, we'll, we'll make sense of it. <laughs> All right, Roman, or, uh, yeah, Romans, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Right, what, what kind of effort did you put forth to receive Jesus and be born again? 
right? We all agree to that. Like you had nothing to give, you had nothing to bring to the table, and and you you were dead in trespasses and sin, and God chose to forgive you and make and bring you into a, an understanding of His grace, so that when you believed, He made you alive. In a moment, right? In one in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience among whom we, or also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Right? You were by nature children of wrath. But God, praise God for but God's in the Bible, right? Who is rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us. Right? So, Jesus, so God did this because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, prepared beforehand that so that you can walk in them. I want us to see this right here. He says, for by, in verse eight, for by grace, for by, gr by grace, by grace, you have been saved through faith. So you understand, this is so good, mercy provided it, you believed it, and grace made it your reality. Does that make sense? Salvation, you being born again, was already provided in the person of Jesus, right? The mercy of God was already provided. The forgiveness, the love, the, the transformation of your, of your nature into the nature of God was provided. You believed it, and now grace, no one knows. Did you feel that you were born again when you accepted Jesus? Did anything, did you guys feel any different? Some of you guys might have felt a tingling, right? But you just believed and then you can stand here assured of your salvation right now because you know that Jesus died for you. You know that the Bible says that you are forgiven when you put your faith in him, right? So mercy has provided, like Michelle is saying, is she, the truth of God's word, has already provided it. Your job is now to believe that truth. And then grace is the power that changes you into that reality. Does that make sense? That's why I say grace is the power of God on your behalf. So anything that you ever see in the Bible, anything that you ever see that you're called to, anything that you want to experience is already there. Now your job is to believe it, and then grace's job is to make it your reality. Does that make sense? So you're saved by grace through faith. Your job is through faith. And now grace is there. So whenever, and this is what, something I, I love to think about, is Whenever faith is, is there, there's always grace. Whenever you, have, whenever you are positioning yourself in faith, there is always grace on your behalf. Let me see if I can say that better. 
like I've been talking about. Faith is you getting in the shower. Grace is now making it your reality. That word, and I mean, I've never said this, and, and I'm sure some, most of you guys have heard this, but some of you might not have. That word saved, what, what do you guys think of when you hear you're saved by grace through faith? You're saved. What do you think? Anyone else think that? Raise your hand if that's you. Any other thoughts? It's the Greek word sozo. And we have to really understand this, okay? This is the, this is the, the strongest concordance of Bible literature. It says, that word saved is to save, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save suffering, to save a suffering one, one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore, to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or to rescue. And then, yeah, and then the messianic judgment, to save, to save from eternal judgment. How many of that definition right there is present tense or future tense? Most of it is present. That's why the gospel does not call you just to go to heaven one day. Right? That word saved is translated multiple times. Soteria is also, it's, it's salvation. But it's whenever someone was healed, they were saved. Whenever someone was set free, they were saved. Because they were in, they were in demonic oppression, now they're delivered. They were saved. So he's saying, by grace, you have been saved. So it's the same way that you receive, and, and Colossians says it is, as we have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him right? So as you have received him, we would all agree right now, Tyler wants to get saved. Hey, bro, just believe right now that Jesus, believe him and just accept him. Believe it right now. Believe that Jesus died for your sins, rose again, and that you can be, you can be completely born again right now by faith, right? Okay. Well, hey, I want, I want to be patient with my kids. We'll believe right now. Put your faith in it and agree and let Holy Spirit do it in your life. Does that make sense? So in the same way that you believe God's word, you're putting your faith that you're born again. No one ever saw that you were born again. No one could tell. But the Holy Spirit created in your heart a brand new man that looked like Jesus. Your nature was completely changed by the spirit of God and by the grace of God. And now in the same reality, the way that we are transformed in the Christian life is by grace through faith. Man, if we could see this, y'all. It takes away striving right? Because you didn't earn salvation. It takes away working. It takes away fasting. I mean, it doesn't take away fasting, but it takes away your effort to try to earn something from God through fasting or prayer or whatever, right? Reading your Bible. You can read your Bible all day long for the wrong reasons, right? If, if I see something, and this is just yesterday, I was like, I was, I was going to this, I don't even know what you wanted to call it, like, uh, ministry from from the Bible college I graduated from they have like a ministry network of pastors and leaders and church ministries and things like that and they're all a big network and I was going to this gathering of 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 local leaders in, in Michigan and stuff um and I'm driving and I'm just like or Taya went in to get a coffee and I'm sitting there with Valor because he's sleeping driving around the parking lot so he doesn't wake up um it was so funny but People are like, what is this dude doing? And I'm just like, I'm just, baby's not going to wake up. I'm not going to stop or he'll wake up. Um, but I was like, man, Lord, 
and I recognized it, and this was the Holy Spirit's work in my life, and I just want to make this practical as I finish. You want to come and play? Or not you? You? <laughs> Sorry. I thought <laughs> one of you guys are playing. Um, we're going we're gonna to play some pads so that everybody feels good. No, I just like it, and we're going to minister at the end, so I want some music in the background. Um, so I'm sitting there, and the Holy Spirit starts to bring it up. He's like, and I don't know how the Lord, this is how I, the Lord speaks to me, is I just see something very easily. Like, I see a motive of my heart. I see a, I see a way that I'm thinking or a, or a way that I'm responding to something, or it's like it's just revealed to me very quickly, right? So Holy Spirit just, Gannon, have you been back there this whole time? Has your head been down? You've been sleeping? I'm just playing. But I didn't see you back there. I'm like, man, where did Gannon go? I thought you were back. I was like, what if I have something that goes wrong? What if we need scriptures on the screen, Gannon? Where would you be? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm sitting there, and the Holy Spirit just speaks up, and he's like, he's like, he didn't say my name. He just revealed it to me. And I'm like, man, Lord, I feel like a little bit I need people to tell me that I'm doing a good job. Right? From where I came from, from like these guys that are seasoned in ministry and have churches and stuff, I need them to like not even tell me. I just need them to acknowledge that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and it was just funny. Like in that moment, I'm like sitting there. I'm like, man, Lord, I don't want that. Like, I do not want, I do not need people's affirmation. I do not need, and I don't believe that I think like that a lot, but it's like, sometimes it's, it, it is with like, especially guys that have like poured into me for a long time. And like, they're like, it's like, I need the approval from my dad. You know, it's like they're, I need him to tell me hey, you're doing a good job when I don't. Cause, cause I have a big thumbs up from heaven where it matters. Right. It's like, if nobody ever saw what I did and it was just my heart, like if I just did what God told me to do and I would, the Lord, like Michelle said, the Lord is pleased with me. And it's like, if I sit in that pleasure, I don't need everybody else to tell me everything. I'm like, what would it be like if, if I was Jesus preaching to 6,000 people and they all left and it was just my 12 guys and they wanted to leave, but they didn't know where else to go. Right. And I look at God and God's like, well done. Good message. I'm glad you shared that and I'm like well it didn't really look like it went over super hot right but like so this is what I do in my life and this is what I just want to kind of bring you in this is what relationship with Jesus looks like that's why because eternal life is to know him it's not just to go to heaven right we are called to look like Jesus we are called to encounter him to become more like him that's plain and simple and that's our goal so I'm like Lord I want you never did anything for man's approval you never did anything for for a clap or a shout or whatever. And I'm like, and I didn't even know that that was in me, but you revealed it. And he's not, like I say, he's not bringing it up to shame me and show me where I'm wrong. He's bringing it up so, it, so it's dealt with, right? So in that moment, I'm like, Lord, Taya's not in the car. I'm just like, man, Lord, I don't want that. Like, I don't want that in my life. And I want to do things from the posture of love that I'm not there for anybody else. And it's like, the reason I'm even going to this meeting is like, because I want to, I want to be a blessing, right? I want somebody there that's under 45. <laughs> what it is, they're a bunch of old people. Not old, if you're over 45, that's not, oh man, I kind of dug myself a hole in that one. Older than me. Tyler's old. 
He's older than me. You know what I'm saying? So don't bring it up. So I was like, man, Lord, and this is what it looks like to position yourself. So the Lord showed me something. He did not create me to live my life for man's approval. Plain and simple, right? I do not please man, I please him. So I know that reality and I know that truth, but I've been something somewhere down the line is, is distorting that view. So in the car, I just say, all right, Holy Spirit, I don't want that in my life. Thank you for revealing it. And I, I'm just, right now I'm repenting and I'm changing my mind and I don't want to think that way. I don't want to live that way. And I want you to make me a man that never even responds in that way so that my motive is pure whenever I do anything. So that my heart behind why I'm doing it is, is because, of, because of the kingdom and because of love, not anything else. I don't want a self-seeking in my life. I don't, want, I don't want man's approval in my life. I don't want to live for the praise of men. I don't want it in my life. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I don't feel any different before or after that prayer. I don't, there's nothing I can see that's changed about me, but I know that my heart was sincere and humble in that moment, right? So I've positioned myself to receive the grace of God. And I'm like, Lord, you just have to make that my reality. So like Philippians chapter 2 says that, that Paul can say, I'm sending Timothy because he's the only one that doesn't seek his own. And he'll sincerely care for your estate. I'm like, I want that to be my testimony. Right? So I let the reality and the truth of who God created me to be, I let faith position myself for that reality. And now I believe, without even knowing that anything has changed, I believe that grace is now going to make it my reality. Right, right now, you guys have no, you have no clue or idea of anything's changed in my life, right? Besides, I got a new cardigan. Nothing's different, right? So, but the only difference is I've positioned myself by faith to believe what, God's, what God wants to do in my life. And I'm sitting in the shower of grace so that now it's just, the decision is made now. So not the next time I get in a situation, it's not I'm making my decision there. It's already made now, right? And faith is now present and because faith is present, grace is in the room to make it my reality. So now if I see something in the same way, a same mindset that comes back up, and I think the same, I'm like, man, Lord, I thank you that, I've, that I'm settled in my heart that I don't want that in my life. So just that mindset is not from me, and I don't want it in my life. So it doesn't matter if it comes four or 500 times, it's settled in my heart, right? The, the freedom is not the thought not coming. The freedom is me believing that I've already made the decision. And grace is now making it my reality that, that when the time comes, where even if I get a praise or approval from men, it's not gonna, it's not gonna feed a false identity in me. Does that make sense? You understand the Lord does not want me to, the Lord's not gonna say, hey, would you go tell Dylan he's doing a good job? Because he knows he's about to feed a wrong identity in my life. If I'm secure and established where I don't need your praise, then you can come and tell me all day long and awesome. But it's not, it's not destroying me or helping me. Does that make sense? So the Lord wants that established so that when that, those things come, it's not, it's not swaying me. And I believe he won't send that. On, he, he, he's not going to send people to praise you and, and, and continue to breed that false identity in your life because you'll just get deeper and deeper into it, right? So do you guys have a, a, a clear picture of what grace looks like, what faith in grace looks like? Your, your job and like Michelle was talking about, is your job is not to try to make everything happen. Your job is to believe what he says. And my, my, so whatever the situation is, whatever the problem that you find yourself in, you get 
you get the truth of what God says and just position yourself under the shower head of grace by faith, right? You go home, shut the door when no one's around and you make the decision so that down the road, there's no fork in the road. And then when the time comes and you see yourself step into it, you'll know even more and you'll believe even more in the power of God in your life because you see that something's changed when nobody else is around. That's the sweetness of it. You, can't, you cannot tell me that God doesn't change people's lives because I've made decisions when nobody else is around and watched myself walk in them or watched something happen and none of you guys were there and I didn't do it for you. And now every time that that happens, I'm more and more thankful for the salvation that I've experienced in Jesus. So now I encounter another situation. I know all I gotta do is go be with him and then faith and grace will change my life. And faith and grace. And it's not an effort. It's not a striving. It's not a struggling. It's just me positioning myself to receive from a father that really loves me. Does that make sense? So would you stand with me as we finish? I'm going to pray for us. <clears throat> make sure you drop your cards in the back, okay? I'm going to show you want to come pray. Um. Guys, I, I want to make Jesus really obtainable for us. I want to make him really accessible to us. And I want to make the gospel really simple for us. Because if it's not simple, then it's not Jesus. Right? And I just want to make it, I want to make relationship with Jesus, man, awesome and not a burden. Because, man, I'm sick of, I'm sick of waking up and, and feeling burdened to live a, a certain way instead of enjoying the relationship that I'm now a part of. Right? Um. So yeah, so let me let me pray for us, uh, and then as we as we close and walking out, if you if anyone needs prayer, um, Michelle will be up here, and um, Simon, you want to jump over there too? Simon and Michelle will be up here, and just come up and have. If anyone needs you to stand, or anyone needs anyone to stand with them in prayer, whether it's healing, whether it's you know, um, just. Maybe you, maybe you felt something in this service that you just need somebody to agree with. Right, right, when I, right when I made that decision, Tay gets back in the car and I'm like, hey, this is what happened and I just want to let you know. She's like, and she says it so perfect because she's amazing. She's just like, well, that's all you need. You, already, you made the decision. And I'm like, thank you, Mrs. Grace Queen. I appreciate your voice in my life because I'll pick that thing back up and be like, all right, I need to change this, right? She's just like, well, praise God, next topic. And I'm like, I thought this was going to be more serious. <laughs> but... Um, so yeah, maybe you just need to share it with somebody. Just like, hey, um, I just I just want to talk. I just want to like just agree with me in prayer over this, okay? Um, but for the rest of us, just put our hands on our hearts, okay? Father, I just thank you um, that man, Lord, if that's something that you really want. If you really want to experience this, I want you to just, I want you to put your hand on your heart in faith, okay? I'm not just doing that as a religious thing. Like, I want you to say, our Father, I want you to do this in my life. And as this is what faith has action to it. You're putting yourself in a place to receive. So if you really want that, if you don't want that, then you can take your hand off your heart. But I really want you to put you to, to say, okay, Lord, I'm doing this because I want this in my life. I'm not just doing it as a religious duty. 
So Father, work in us a perspective and an understanding of the grace of God. Work in us the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit to change our lives. And Lord, begin to show us, even encourage us with transformation that's already happened, Lord. Show us that how we received it. Show us how we, how we walked in it, Lord, that it wasn't by our own effort, that it wasn't by our own striving, that it wasn't by our own fasting. But Lord, show us the reality of the grace and the mercy of God in our lives. And Lord, just draw us into deeper, deeper relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we see that the way to you has been open and clear and all we have to do is come and you'll do the rest. If we come, man, you'll do the rest. So Father, I pray that you make that our reality in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. I love you. If, uh, like I said, there'll be prayer up here if anyone needs it. Don't forget your cards and don't forget spaghetti.